0: All right, how are we doing tonight? M12! Happy New Year 2016! Everybody have a good Christmas? Okay, let me hear you if you got a hoverboard. Okay, let me hear you if you have already fell flat on your face on your hoverboard. Awesome. Thank you guys for being honest. I think I probably would as well. And uh, here's the thing about this part of the year. I love this time of the year because it is a time of rivals. You guys know when it comes to rivals, now think about this. The national championship for college football is coming Monday night. Now, I got a picture of it. Got a picture of the teams. Check it out. So how many of you guys are Alabama fans? Alabama. Okay. Let me hear you if you think Clemson wins. All right, all right. So here's the deal. I personally would love to see Clemson take it. Would love to see Clemson take it. I really like Dabo Swinney. He's the man. Here's another rival you guys may or may not be aware of. I'm a huge college uh, basketball fan. So Duke, North Carolina. Come on. Anybody North Carolina fans? Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. You guys are the smartest guys in the room right there. Look, Everybody look over there. You guys go ahead and stand. You guys go ahead and stand. Smartest guys in the room right there. North Carolina. Okay, Duke. Or, or better yet, what I like to say is puke. Oh, low blow right there. Well, here's the deal. Rivals. Okay, here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Everybody can participate in this one. How about... Pepsi or Coke? Let me hear you if you are a Pepsi fan. How about a Coke fan? Yeah, yeah, Coke all the way, man. I mean, Coke all the way. Now, here's the thing when it comes to Coke is, you know, I love Coke. And one of the things that I love the most about Coke is, is I love this sound when you open. You guys just pay attention. Oh, this sounds so good. And then, and then just, I mean, let's just all, let's just all, I mean, doesn't this just look so good? It's just ice cold Coca-Cola. I mean, ice cold Coca-Cola. Raise your hand if you've never drank a Coca-Cola. Seriously? Oh, you're awesome. Is it because you try to be healthier? and not drink a lot of sugar, I'm with you, I should do that too, but raise your hand if you have drank a Coke before, okay, okay, now, I got a question, do I have any ladies in the house that would enjoy this during the rest of this sermon, do I have any ladies, how about you in the gray shirt, you want to come and join me real quick, you want to come, just come on up on stage and, wait, did you get those shoes for Christmas, those are sweet, I like those. So, tell me your name, Mallory. Mallory, let's give it up for Mallory. <laughs> and Mallory, tell me what school you go to. Decula. Decula. Anybody go to Decula? We got a few. Oh, we got a few. Okay. Now, Mallory, let me ask you a question. Okay. Now, when it comes to this ice cold Coca Cola, okay, I mean it just looks so good, doesn't it? Would you like just a little sip, just a just a little sip? There's nothing else in it. You saw me pour the Coke. <laughs> Just take a little sip, just enjoy it, you know. Just yeah. It's it's just Coke. How does it taste? Tastes like a Coca-Cola, right? That's what's in there, you know? Now, tell me, you know, here's the thing. Now, what I have in this bottle is deer urine. Okay? And I'll tell you what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna open the cap. Oh. I'm just gonna waff it to you. I want to tell, can you just smell that for me? What do you think about that? I mean, that's pretty bad, right? That's pretty bad. So, do you think if I just put just a hint of, of the deer urine that you would still be willing to, to drink the Coke? Just just, I mean, think about it. Just you saw that, right? I mean, just a little, just a little drop, right? Now. Would you, be, would you be willing to drink the Coke now? Not a chance, right? Not a chance. Mallory is smart. Mallory is smart. And Mallory, just because you're smart, all right, I have a real Coca-Cola ready for you, okay? Thank you so much for playing. Have a seat. Give it up for Mallory. That was cool. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to this Coca-Cola, Okay. Think about this. This Coca-Cola, I mean, it just looked so good, but just a hint of deer urine, (laughs) which sounds funny to say, a hint of anything, right, kind of ruins the enjoyment of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. And just like a hint of this stuff ruins the enjoyment of an ice-cold Coca-Cola, just a hint of sin can ruin your life and take you to a place that you really don't want to be. Now, in this series called Secrets, we're going to talk about three types of secrets, and those secrets are secret sin, secret doubt, and secret hurt. Tonight, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about secret sin. Now, if you guys were honest and I was honest, we would all say that there's probably this hidden part, this hidden closet, this dark place, this secret, the things that we want to hide, right? If we took an inventory of our life, there might be a couple of things that only we know about ourselves. Things that we've done, things that we've experienced, things that maybe we wouldn't be very proud of, right? And it's true of you because I know it's, it's also true of me, at times. And what I mean by that is that we all have secrets. You and I all have secrets. And your secret may be a secret between you and a parent. It may be a secret between you and one of your friends. Maybe, you know, it may be a secret between a, a teacher or or a coach, right? Or it may be like this guy named Ted Haggard. And Ted Haggard, very simply put, was a pastor of a large, prominent, growing church in Colorado. And Ted Haggard had a secret that only he knew. He was living a double life. And that double life meant that Ted Haggard was making bad decisions with other people in his life that were not his wife. And he was doing things to hurt his marriage. And and what Ted Haggard said about his life, I want you to listen to this. It says... There was a part of my life that was so repulsive. That's a pretty good word. So repulsive and so dark that I have been warring against it my entire adult life. You see, Ted Haggard was living a secret lifestyle. He was living a double lifestyle. And the reason why I share with you that one example of a a real guy Right. The reason why I want to share you with that, that with you is because Ted Haggard's destruction was sin in his life. The beginning of his destruction was sin in his life. It was a secret sin, a sin that he kept a secret. And it would eventually destroy his family and a lot of his life. Now, that's kind of a downer. But I just want to be real with you about what secret sin will do. And when it comes to secret sin, right, the truth is that the areas of darkness and these secrets grow larger over time. It's just what happens. When we don't pay attention to these places and these things in our life, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it tries to take over who we, who we are. As a matter of fact, the bottom line of tonight, if you're taking notes, is simply this. Bad things grow in the dark. Bad things grow in the dark. In other words, secret sin, hidden places in your life, they will continue to grow until you deal with those things in your life. It reminds me of a story in the Old Testament about King David. Now, I know that I've talked about King David a lot this school year so far, and I want to talk a little bit more about him, but I want to talk about him from a different perspective. Now, to catch us up, if you want to turn with me in the Bible, page number 309, which is 2 Samuel chapter 11, there's a Bible beneath you or in front of you. And if you'd like to turn open there, You're welcome, page 309. But here's the thing about King David. The Bible says that King David was a man after God's own heart. It says that he, man, he would write worship songs. He wrote a lot of prayers out to God. He was well known, and his whole life was kind of centered on this relationship, right, that he had with uh, with God. And uh, not only that, but when David was a very young boy, younger than some of you, right? Just a a young boy. He actually defeated Goliath, who was this large giant of the Philistine army, right? He was massive. And King David, little bitty King David, defeated Goliath. Not only that, King David was then anointed king, right? He was anointed king at a young age. And then he became leader of the Israelite army. And Let me tell you this, no one wanted to mess with King David and the Israelite army. It was like Coke and Pepsi, you know what I'm saying? Pepsi has nothing to do with Coke because Coke is better. You know what I'm saying, Mallory? Yeah, let me see you take a swig. Okay, so you haven't opened it, no worries, you don't have to open it. But all that to say, King David was the man, right? And then then we get to 2 Samuel chapter 11. And King David, to paraphrase for sake of time, King David decides, man, I'm not going to war today. Instead, you know what, man? I'm going to send my guys. They're going to go ahead of me. They're going to fight. I mean, we've already defeated so many different armies. They don't even need me out there. So he sends his men. And the Bible says that while King David was on the roof of his palace, I mean, I want you to think about this. This is like the penthouse. Of the hotel. I mean, he is living in luxury. He's got what he wants big old penthouse, palace, apartment, house, whatever, condo. And while he's on the roof, the Bible says that he looks out and he sees this beautiful lady named Bathsheba. Yeah, so David sees this beautiful woman, Bathsheba, and then he starts asking his guys, he's like, hey, who is that? So his guys like, yeah, 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 man. That's that's Bathsheba. She's, uh, you know, she's awesome. She's, uh, you know, the daughter of so and so, and she's married to Uriah. And Uriah the Hittite was like one of the leaders of David's army. He was actually one of David's best fighters, one of his best warriors, right? And so David then says, "Well, well, go get her. I want to. I want to meet her." So David inquires about a woman who is not his wife. And the woman comes, and the Bible says that they end up sleeping together. Yeah. So David ends up making the decision to sleep with a woman who wasn't his wife, which is not okay. It's not okay to do that. And then David wanted to keep it a secret. But one day Bathsheba comes knocking on his door, knock, knock. And says, hey, um, I know you want to keep it a secret, but I'm pregnant. And so you guys know what happens when you get when a, a lady is pregnant. You can tell when someone is pregnant, correct? You can tell. And so d- basically she's saying, David, what you want to keep a secret, we can't keep a secret. And so David devises this plan. And his plan is, huh, i tell you what. Uh, Joab, I want you to send Uriah back to me. So David calls for Uriah, who is Bathsheba's husband, and he says, hey, bring Uriah back to me. And uh, so Uriah comes home, and David's like having small talk with it, with him. And he's like, hey, man, how's things going? How's the war? How's the soldiers? You guys kicking tail, taking names? You know, Uriah's like, sure, man. We're we're killing it. It's awesome. He's like, hey, um, dude, how's Joab? Joab doing good? I mean, he's just kind of having small talk. And then this is what he tells Uriah. He says, you, you know what, Uriah, man, just because you're such a good warrior, I tell you what, why don't you just go home? Go home, man. Enjoy a night with your wife. Have a good meal. Have Have fun together, you know. And so David's plan is he's going to send Uriah back home. And of course, Uriah and Bathsheba, they're they're married and so they're going to sleep together. And then what's going to happen is she's going to see, be seen as pregnant, and then it's going to, it's going to make sense. Oh, yes, yeah, Uriah's, Uriah's child. The problem is that Uriah decides to say, dude, I can't go home when all my men are on the battlefield. That would be wrong. So Uriah decides to literally sleep outside. That's kind of a, and there weren't tents, you know, he just kind of slept on the ground. And David became furious, and I want to read what David says. So his plan failed, Uriah didn't go home, and so this was his plan. In the morning, David wrote a letter, verse 14, chapter 11, to Joab and sent it to, with Uriah. In it, he wrote this, put Uriah out in front where the fighting is the fiercest. Then withdraw from him so that he will be struck down and he will die. So in other words, I want you to take my best man, Bathsheba's husband, and I want you to put him in the front of the battle line so that he gets killed. Pretty pretty brutal plan, right? And so then it says, so while Joab and the, had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were at. And when the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell, and Uriah the Hittite, died. So David's plan that began with just seeing a beautiful lady, then making the bad decision of getting her pregnant would lead to a murder of her husband. All because David wanted to keep it a secret. All because David wanted to hide the truth. And the reality is, students, sometimes we do the same thing. If you want to fill in the blank, we naturally want to hide our sin. We naturally want to hide things that maybe we're not proud of or hide things that maybe we uh, are ashamed of in our own lives. Maybe you have a secret that you have lied about to cover it up, just like David. And I understand that because I've done the same thing. I've lied about things before. I've tried to keep things hidden and keep things a secret. But the thing about it is, sin always kind of leads to wanting to cover it up. It always kind of leads to hiding, hiding it. But see, the problem with that is that sin, this is the next blank, sin is never really a secret. Well, it kind of is. I mean, you can keep a secret between you, your friends, your parents, your teachers and coaches, sometimes you can, you can cover things up, you can hide things, you can secretly do something that you shouldn't have done. I mean, that's something that you guys, when it comes to people on the earth, we can hide, but not when it comes to God. We can't hide or have secrets when it comes to God. And I want you to think about this. What I'm telling you is that you and I, students, we are fully known by God. Fully known by God, meaning that God knows everything about you and he knows everything about me. God knows us better than we even know ourselves. And the beautiful thing about God's love is that even when he knows all of the secrets that we try to hide, Do you know what God did with that knowledge? He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sin. Despite the secret places, the hidden places, the dark places, God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sin and for my sin. And that leads me to two quick things that I want to talk about, and then we're going to have a song to sing. The first thing is this. Talk to God about your sin. Talk to God about your sin. I mean, here's the thing. As I just said, God already knows. He already knows your secrets. He already knows the things that you're trying to hide. And see, when you make a decision to tell God and talk to God about your sin, what is happening is you're acknowledging that you need God's forgiveness and that you need God's help in your life. And I don't know about you guys, but I definitely feel that way. I need God's forgiveness, and I desperately need God's help. The Bible says it like this. It says, if you confess with your sin, or if you confess your sin, He, being God, is faithful to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. One of my uh, theologian, a friend of mine, says it like this. The bad news is that we are guilty is met with the best news that God loves and forgives guilty people. It's huge. And so talk to God about your sin. If you care to look at it, on the bottom of your outline, there is a prayer of confession. Maybe you don't know what to say to God. You hear me say, well, talk to God about your sin. Well, what do I say? How do I do that? Well, there's a prayer that if you want to pray that, that's a a method, that's a way, that's a, a, a prayer that, that I invite you to pray tonight over the next few minutes. But not only talk to God about your sin, but secondly, talk to a friend about your sin. And the reality is maybe you've already done that. Maybe you guys have had some really cool discussions tonight in your small groups. Maybe you've already talked about things that you've tried to hide, secrets you've tried to keep. You know, I've got a really good friend. His name's Darren. And, you know, Darren and I are very similar. He, uh, we're similar in age. He's a youth pastor of a really awesome church. I mean, so we, we have a lot in common. And Darren and I, will get together a couple, every, you know, every couple weeks. And when we get together, man, it's awesome because what happens is it, it's a free and a safe place for me to kind of share like some things going on in my life, some challenges, maybe even some, some things I'm not a, a, a proud of or things I'm ashamed of. And he shares things with me and he prays for me and I pray for him. And it's just a it's a really cool, powerful thing. Because here's the thing, students, when you tell someone else about those hidden or dark places, then healing can really take place. The Bible says it like this. It says, confess your sin one to another that you might be healed. And if I could share this with you before we jump into this next song. The number one thing that I would want for you tonight is that you could leave this room tonight living in the freedom of God's forgiveness in your life instead of being in bondage because of secrets that you have hidden. And so tonight, what I want to do is I want to invite you into an opportunity. And that opportunity is very simple. On the bottom of your outline, there's a tear-off card. And it just says, how can I pray for you? And one of the things that is most powerful in my own experience is that when I take something that is bothering me and I write it down, there is just this freedom that happens in my life. And I want to encourage you and invite you to do that tonight. During this next song, I want to invite you, maybe there's a secret that you're not proud of. Maybe there's something that you're ashamed of. There's something that you've been trying to hide and tonight, I want to encourage you and invite you, and give you the opportunity to write it down and to say, God, I'm done with this. I want to live in your forgiveness for me. I don't want to live in this bondage of having this secret that I know hurts my relationship with you. Maybe it even hurts my relationship with others. And I just want to confess this. One method of confession is just writing it down. And then here's the second part. Talk to a friend about it. And so symbolically, what I want to invite you to do is that when you write it down on your card, that you would be willing to come to the stage and lay it face down on the altar on the stage. And that's your way of symbolically saying, I am am giving this over. And I'll tell you what's going to happen is that our staff is going to take these secret sins. We're going to pray over them. We're going to pray that God would give you guys and you girls freedom in these areas that you have kept secrets. And so what I want to invite you to do, the band's going to come up. I want to pray for you. And during this song, it's a new song. It's got some powerful words. I I don't want you to use this time to talk to one another or to even think about anything other than this moment right now. And if you would be willing to write down that secret, come and lay it on the stage. I invite you to do that. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for these students. Thank you for the freedom that happens in your forgiveness when we confess things, when we tell things, when we say things. And I pray for these students, God, maybe they can identify something that's happened in their life, something that they are keeping a secret. And and I pray that you'd give them the courage tonight to write it down. Not only to write it down, but maybe to even come and lay it at the, the stage as a way of symbolically saying I want to tell the M12 team about it so I can be free. And so God would you give them courage in these next few moments to do that and would you be honored